everybody, Eric Bischoff here, and have you heard about Strictly Business? Strictly Business is a brand new weekly series exclusively on adfreeshows.com. Join me and my co-host, John Alba, every Tuesday as we take a deep dive into the business of the professional wrestling business. And this is some straight-up business talk here. No fanboy nonsense. We discuss television contracts, advertising, licensing, and, of course, the highly debated ratings so if you want an unfiltered brutally honest anti-fanboy understanding of the professional wrestling industry well strictly business is the series for you and hey if elon musk likes my tweets and he did you're gonna love strictly business sign up now and listen at adfreeshows.com episodes behind us, the podcast is growing up fast. Now that we've turned 15, we're getting our learner's permit and finally learning how to drive this thing. What thing? Oh, you didn't know? This podcast. I'm a cat's named Ryan, he's a dog named Brian, and podcast he proudly presents, Oh, You Didn't Know, a podcast about and starring WWE Hall of Famer, tag team specialist, and producer extraordinaire, Road Dog Brian Oh, James. you didn't know? Ryan Katz, it's always good to hear your voice and good to talk to you. You always bring a smile to my face. Thanks. And a soil to my trousers. <laughs> oh, you got some stains. I don't even know. <laughs> 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 this is great. We're starting off friggin' great. I love it already. And well, I'm dead a, serious, by the way. Yeah, man. Another week of feeling good. We're the masters of our own destiny, Amen. and we're bringing a destiny of fun. Amen. We're going to have a good time. And we're going to go back on this episode and talk about SummerSlam 1998 in Madison Square Garden. The Mecca! Uh, and you'll get my take on it. Look at this. You're excited today. I, I am excited it. about this one. I And, and actually, I did a, a, a live Q&A prior to this for uh, Top Guy listeners, I believe is, uh, okay, is how it's yeah, said. Yeah. Maybe uh, Steve can correct me in the in the private chat if that was incorrect, <laughs> uh, because I do want to get it correct. Um, but we did a live Q&A for an hour. It was actually really fun. I had a great time, great group of people. Um, so I'm jacked, I'm jazzed, and I'm, uh, I don't even know what else rhymes with jazzed. Uh, but yeah. I think I just... We can go on then. Yes, As please. usual, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Blue Chew, Blue Chili Chew. Sleep, Rec Tech, Car Shield, Save with Conrad, Goliath Life. And this week, we welcome IWTV.com, your source for streaming independent wrestling. If your packer isn't packing and you need some assistance, but you're feeling too embarrassed, so you stop with resistance. Well, we got a deal for you that will help in this instance, that will get your packer pumped and packing with some persistence. Our show is here to help your horny, hungry, hearty hog. Hit a bluechew.com, promo code dog. Hit, hit a bluechew.com, promo code dog. Oh, man, that sounds beautiful. That was okay. like harmony. That's like the Statler Brothers. I mean, I, I don't think they ever sang about, you know, the Smothers Brothers the St or, uh, or no, the Statler Brothers or the Oak Ridge Boys, because you were you were, uh, you know, you were really harmonizing with yourself there. But, and I, like I love the content. You know what I mean? Who doesn't? 
You don't love the content. All right. This week, we continue our look back at one of the heights of the Attitude Era, SummerSlam 1998. And when I was looking at fan response online, they seemed to say this is really where the Attitude Era caught its groove. This is where momentum was picking up full steam and this is what tran you know it pushed wwf into that next level yeah. of creating incredible content and, and it pushed us ahead in the ratings war you know what i mean i don't know exactly when that happened but this is definitely the stuff that made it that way so we touched on some of this last week in our discussion about dx taking on the nation but here we're going to get in depth in the build-up to SummerSlam 98 the highway to hell oh the pl- the song was played a <laughs> lot. <laughs> it was a it was a used song. They liked to play it a lot in the promotion. They scored the licensing rights and they were going to yep. use it every bit they could. Vince McMahon is a huge ACDC fan. It's the summer of '98, and in the build to SummerSlam, WWF is beginning to dominate and take over WCW. Are you paying attention to WCW at this time, coming off of your invasion a few months back? Well, you know, we we talk about that a lot. I'm, I think we were pay, look, we we were getting notices. Hey, like uh, we we tied them. We we they beat us by a little bit. We were getting getting uh, updates, but I don't think we were paying attention. I think we were just running, and uh, and right now we're literally running down the highway to hell. This is the whole month, or or maybe two two months, uh, leading up to that SummerSlam. Uh, like I've mentioned before in the Mecca and uh, yep. Madison Square Garden. So you talk about and you've always mentioned that you're not really sucked in by the, the drama or the politics and you kind of just do the job. Do you yeah. remember what group of talent there was that may have been actually more into the ratings or was always talking about what the other guys are doing or was everyone kind of just trying to do the best they can do. I I feel like we were all just running our race. And of course, it's hard for me to speak to anybody else's. uh, I think Hunter was always one that was aware and that followed that and and kept up on that. So we would get the updates from him, but he would give us the Reader's Digest version because to be quite honest, I didn't understand how the ratings worked anyway. Uh, now that I'm 25 years older and had been a writer on SmackDown, I still don't know how they work. Uh, but, but I think Hunter was, you know, t- look, I'll say uh, top guys um, paid attention to that kind of stuff. Yep. And, and I just feel like I was, I don't know. I was upper mid card and I, I liked it that way. And so I <laughs> kept my head in the sand kind of and, uh, and just ran my race, you know. The build to SummerSlam begins back on June 15th from the Freeman Col- uh, Coliseum in San Antonio on Raw's War. Kane and Mankind win a 10-team battle royal to become the number one contenders for the tag team championships. The other teams in this match were Terry Funk and Scorpio, the new Midnight Express of Bart Gunn and Bob Holly, the Headbangers, Golga and Kurgan, Skull and Eight Ball, Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor, the Legion of Doom, Taka Michinoku and Bradshaw, and Farouk and Steve Blackman. Just months before, you had worked with Mick as part of Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, and now this is the next direction. Are you excited about going into this program with Kane and Mankind? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but but more importantly, like those last two teams you mentioned, uh, like Farouk and Steve Blackman, and, and then Takamichi Noku and Bradshaw. Like, what, what in the world? Where did those two teams come from? Um, but yeah, I was excited because look, though we were not uh, we were not the tag champs at this time, correct? Uh, you are the tag team champs, and this is oh, this is this this thing this is, is to find out the number, the number one contender. One contender. Co- correct, correct. I, I apologize. So yeah, look, I knew we were going to get to work with those guys. Always was a big fan of Kane. Uh, worked with Glenn and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Worked with him uh, before we got to the to the big leagues. Um, so knew him very well. Also had worked with Mick. Uh, so, so yeah, so very excited about the next venture. Um, but look, they're also hugely uh, important top guys that we're getting yeah. to rub elbows with as a tag team. And so that, to me, uh, we're going to get into some questions, uh, specific questions about Absolutely. that on this on this podcast. But that, to me, elevated the tag titles. And we'll cover more of that as we go forward. Just a few weeks later, on July 13th, the show features the return of Shawn Michaels for the first time since WrestleMania. What was it like seeing Shawn again? Well, it's always great seeing Sean. Uh, look, I've developed a great relationship with Sean that to this day is really special. And to that day was really special too, but it was just, Sean was back. You know what I mean? But anytime mm-hmm. Sean comes back, is, is he going to do anything with DX now? And and if so, we know it's going to be uh, positioned in a, in a positive light right. on television. And so really it was welcoming back my friend and also uh, in the immortal words of Scott Hall, uh, welcoming back my meal ticket. <laughs> you know, and so so uh, so he was a, he was a meal ticket. He was, and and uh, you know now now we're both older men uh, with with families and stuff, and so we've developed a much deeper relationship. But it was always good to see Sean come back. You know, I just didn't know at this point what capacity he was coming back at. In general, does the backstage atmosphere change when a giant star returns? Well, especially if you're near that top tier, uh, you're definitely going okay is this the one that bumps me off of tv or is this the one that bumps me out of a out of a cool storyline and so so you're kind kind of a professional jealousy you know what i mean especially of a big star like sean uh he comes back you go like oh okay what are we gonna do here but i knew as long as he was quasi associated with dx or at least on their side that everything was going to be okay you know that show from East Rutherford would see kane and mankind defeat you for the tag team championship they cheated (laughs) <laughs> when D'Lo Brown interferes and costs you guys the titles. Told you. Did you know you were going to be getting the tag team titles back at some point, or did you think that the rum was over? No, no. Look, I knew, uh, or I thought we were going to get them back. Uh, that was for sure. And and like I said earlier, running them around with, uh, because you're going to see here in a minute, I think Stone Cold and Undertaker win them. And holy mackerel, uh, <laughs> that just elevated some tag titles. And then, then they come back around, and of course we end up getting them back at uh, at this pay-per-view we're talking about, SummerSlam. Yep. Uh, so... so I think I answered that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to say I got lost, but I feel like I answered the no, question. No, you did. So does your pay change when you stop being a champion? So meaning you're still in the same level of the card. You're still yeah, you're still yeah. doing rematches. So so, so no, uh, ours did not. And I'll tell you 
tell you what the deal is. Look, you're you're in there just like the titles are in there mingling with those top guys. So were the the former tag champs, me and Billy Gunn, were in the ring with all of these very top top tier guys. So that really marked us as that kind of talent. And so then when we got the tag team titles back, I feel like they'd actually been elevated and now they're back on a proper tag team. Well, we were two individual guys that were put together, but we were being built as a proper tag team. All right. Well, talking about money, let's take the first of our breaks so we could support our sponsors. And hopefully you all could use in some of your own hard-earned money to support our sponsors, too. And did I say hard? Well, we must be talking about Blue Chew. Doon, doon, doon. If you've been listening and you've been hesitant, don't be embarrassed. Turn up the heat in your love life and take advantage of this offer now. Confidence can take you far in life, and Blue Chew can help build your confidence in the bedroom to pack that extra punch of pumped-up power. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever it's go time for the gonads. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Get off the couch and get to work in the bedroom. Because if your tool needs an upgrade, head to BlueChew.com. Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence, and BlueChew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free. When you use our promo code DOG at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code DOG, D-O-double-G, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. You, you All right. Were, you were grooving today, man. You were in the zone. I, I was. I, I felt good. I, <laughs> I relieved myself all over me. I just was sitting in it. Yeah. In all what? seriousness, use the service. Nobody has to know why it grows as long as it does and <laughs> long, does the job. Long marinate as it does. Your, check this one. You're going to like, marinate your man meat and treat your significant other to a oh. rigid ride, courtesy of our <laughs> friends at Blue Chew, promo Chew. code DOG. D-O-double-G. Oh, Bringing it Blue back Chew. to the buildup. Bringing it back to the buildup of SummerSlam 98. Steve Austin and Undertaker win the tag team titles from Kane and Mankind in the main event of Fully Loaded. Do you think that changes your direction? No, at the time, like I mentioned earlier, like we were rubbing elbows with all of those guys. Yep. The outlaws were. Uh, I mean, and 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 uh, Hunter was working with The Rock at this time, and we were kind of finishing up that that uh, 
nation run and, and now on to bigger and better things. And when I say bigger and better things, like literally like, okay, we're not working with Mark Henry and, and D'Lo anymore. And no yeah. disrespect to those guys because they're both uh, Hall of Famers in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, but we're now working with Stone Cold, with the Dead Man, with yep. the Kane, with, yep. you know, all of them. And it's like, holy mackerel, do we fit here? And we kind of did. And so that was very cool for us to get those I think it was rubs from those really top, top stars that kind of made us look like, made people look at us in that light too. Um, so I thought it was a huge, huge benefit for us to be rubbing elbows with those guys. You brought up that Austin and Undertaker elevated the status of the titles. Generally speaking, what's your opinion of two guys who aren't a regular tag team holding tag team titles? As a tag team wrestler, what's your opinion? Well, look, I think you can frown upon that all you want to. And I understand that uh, line of thinking. However, it was Stone Cold and The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I started questioning that reading through the notes and I thought, if you think putting the tag titles on Stone Cold and The Undertaker in 98 in the top of the, you know what I mean? If you think that diminishes the titles in any way, I, in the immortal words of Judas Priest, you got another thing coming. But not diminishing the titles, but does it diminish the other teams in the division when those top guys are running through every tag team? And at that point in those matches, they're kind of uh, dominating at, at that point in those tag team matches. For sure. Does it make everyone else from an audience perspective look at the rest of the division as inferior to those significant players? But maybe. And look, that's I, like I said earlier, I totally understand that line of thinking. Um, I just... I just think like, man, it elevated me and Billy to be in that spot. They didn't have the titles long, mm -hmm. so they didn't run through everybody. They right. didn't dominate everybody. They just had the titles for a minute, uh, and then they lost them again, and then we gained them, like I mentioned earlier, at, at the SummerSlam we're talking about. So I, I actually thought it was moving the titles around in there, shaking yeah. some things up. I know it was against uh, conventional wisdom. They, you know, you leave the titles on people for. Well, this was this was like all shaking things up, and 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 after this pay per view, it, we landed and okay, this is where we're supposed to be now. And then we could start as tag team champions working with those other teams, you know. So let's talk about this match. It's Raw from Anaheim. Undertaker and Austin beat the Outlaws in a good match, 8 minutes, 10 seconds, when Austin pinned Road Dog after a stunner. People were throwing beach balls like crazy into the <laughs> ring. Austin punts one of them for a huge pop. Austin chokeslam Billy after the match, grabs a beer from a cooler, begins drinking it, throws one to the Undertaker, apparently as an apology, and Undertaker started drinking it. Show goes off the air with Mankind and Kane attacking Undertaker and Austin. So what's it like to work in the main event of Raw with Taker and Austin? I know you play off the cool nonchalant vibe of yeah. I'm just doing my job, but it's a big deal to you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a huge deal. And and uh but like I said, like we've been doing it with these guys. We've been rubbing elbows with these guys. And and whether it was at the end of the night DX came down and sold stunners and choke slams for everybody or whatever, rock bottoms, whatever the case may be like we were working with these guys so yes it was a big deal to me um i'd love to say it was as big a deal then as it is to me now but it wasn't because i wasn't In i wasn't zone. appreciative you know yeah. what i mean and, and that's and that's not 
Look, I think there's I think there's probably a lot of people that would go back and say, man, I wish I would have appreciated the early years of my career more. You know what I mean? Like you just it, stuff started happening and all of a sudden you're caught up on this wave and you just ride it till it hits till you hit the shore. You know what I mean? And uh, and I hit shore before I wanted to. <laughs> let's put, let's put some uh, perspective on how big of a deal this is. You guys are going against a main event on Nitro of Diamond Dallas Page versus Hollywood Hogan. Earlier in the night, WCW aired a tag team main event from Bash at the Beach, and it drew a 6.51 rating, which meant it was watched by just under four. 5 million viewers. But later that night, WW, uh, WCW loses most of that audience as they then tune in for your match. You guys defeat DDP versus Hogan with a 5.95 quarter hour against Nitro's 4.38. And after Nitro ends, the rating grows even more to a 6.82 in the overrun. That night set a new record of combined viewership with a 9.58 rating, 15.6 share, and just over 7 million homes watching. This is a big feather in your cap. You guys put, I, I mean, just reading those numbers and looking at the perspective of numbers now, it, it, it's it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it is It is mind-blowing now. Um, but again, and I say this, I scream this from the mountaintops, man. I, I think the Nielsen ratings are, are archaic. Uh, I think they were for when it was network television, and I think people don't watch TV like that anymore. I think the number is more impressive of today's television show. If you if you see what all they have to watch and what all people are doing, um, and then if you get that DVR a couple of three weeks after the the live, you know, the next day ratings ratings aren't so bad now. They're they're doing all right. Like I said before huge thing like you talked about for, for for the attitude era but i think for for now um i think people gotta gotta go easy on the ratings you know what i mean a a absolutely i understand the perspectives change niche audiences have made the the viewership smaller across the board for all industries but it is curious if there is a mega event that could still attract the people the super bowl still draws the people in the olympics were down this year didn't do the same type of thing it's interesting if the people can come yeah. back to a mega must-see spectacular well and, and look they the truth be told they do every april you know what i mean they they are selling out uh yeah. stadiums left and right and so they still come out to see the spectacle but look as far as the television uh program is concerned and television ratings are concerned blood and guts a couple weeks back uh, a and aew yeah uh, not a and w not the root beer but i do love a good root beer i'm a fan um, of some root beer too <laughs> i love a uh what was that uh one root beer like a I'm a fan of it, Frosty. It, it's a brand. It looked like a beer bottle. IBC. Oh, yeah. IBC root beer. That's my mother-in-law's favorite. Is it really? I used to drink it on the way to high school so people would think I was drinking a beer. <laughs> because not only was I stupid, but I was stupid too. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, what was, what we're was in the question? The we're in the numbers and the analytics still. Yes, so some yes, of these the shows numbers. and houses you're working at at this point 
are insane. Yeah. 14,688 at the Sky Dome, 11,209 at the Molson Center, 16,733 at the Kemper Arena, 16,780 at the Rosemont Horizon. Money has to be good at this time. I'm going to just push you on the money right now because yeah. these no, are just mo- big mo- numbers. Money, money was good. <laughs> money was very good, um, especially because we were rubbing elbows with those top-tier talent. And so, so I'm money- impressed. So, so couple hundred thousand dollars a year good or half million dollars a year good at this top phase? No, two million dollars a year. Holy goodness <laughs> gracious. And, That's and some that, good money. Yeah, and that wasn't. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm proud that I made that money. I wish I still had any of it uh, because I, again, everybody who listens to this knows why I don't. Uh, but but <laughs> I love the fact that that was, you know, I did that and that was cool. I wish I would have been smarter about it and, and done something, made it work for me a little bit so that uh, I wouldn't be worried now about, uh, you know, how to keep the lights on. <laughs> Do you remember the biggest single check you ever got for an event? Yeah, and I'm gonna say it was like 169 grand. Um, what a feeling to go to your bank and, and yeah, like, and I got to put in perspective to say <laughs> years worth of most people's salaries, and they'd be like, "This is this is my check for the week." So I, I this goes to show you how financially uh, <laughs> illiterate <laughs> illiterate I am. I bought a Cadillac Escalade with a with a pay per view check. I went and bought an Escalade off the showroom floor. The new uh, the new Escalade. Oh, no, I'm sorry. My wife bought an Escalade. I bought the Lincoln Navigator. There you go. Let me get this straight. She had an Escalade. I had the Navigator. <laughs> Navigator's like a big fat man's special car, um, like Cosa Nostra, you know. So I, so I love that. So I sold that truck and uh, turned it in, or excuse me, I sold that SUV to back to the to the company and bought a new truck and got like big tires on it. But they put that uh, Navigator back out on the... Uh, you know how some car lots like have a rock pile with like yeah. a car on top of it out front? Yeah. Like they put the Navigator like out there. So every time I drove to the airport, I would see my old Navigator sitting up there. So I literally pulled back through and rebought it again. Oh, uh, and so I ended up paying about $106,000 for the same Navigator. Wow. <laughs> but I, it was, you know what? That's, it just goes to show I didn't, man, I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to end. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to, you know, and, and, they, and they just kept coming. And like, it was like, woohoo. Um, and then they stopped one day. <laughs> Things are heating up as we talk about cool cash, which is a perfect time to talk about staying cool in your bed with Chili Sleep. Chili sleep. If you sleep hot, Chili Sleep is perfect for you, and this special offer will help you sleep better and wake up more refreshed. Science tells us that the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering core body temperature. Temperature controlled sleep repairs muscles after a hard day's work and improves cognitive function so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chilly sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Chilly sleep makes the Uller and Cube sleep systems, hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep 
whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili Sleep can help make that happen. And for an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. So I've been using this for weeks now, and I've been speaking its praises as I am sleeping noticeably better. But the other night, apparently, this is good. I had a night terror, my wife tells me, as my wife wakes me and says I was yelling and screaming in my bed. She's like, "Uh, uh," she's like, you're just like, "Uh, uh." she's like, I don't know if you're having a sex dream or you're scared, but I had to wake up. She said I was hot and sweaty, and she asked me if the chilly sleep was on, and for whatever the reason was, it wasn't. I accidentally knocked the plug out of the outlet. Oh! So I powered it back on. It did its thing. Cooled hey, it me cools down. off quick too. Yeah, and I slept yeah. great the rest of the night. My dad's been complaining about sleeping too hot, so I'm thinking I may have to order one for his birthday. And yep. I'm gonna save a little coin with this special offer. Head over to chillysleep.com slash dog to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for oh, you didn't know it, Road Dog listeners, and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash dog, D-O-double-G, to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day, chilisleep.com slash dog. Chili sleep. It's the best, man. One of my favorite products it, right it now. It is. I, look, the, the minute I found out I could set it on my phone, phone. and like at 5.30, it starts warming up. And so it like literally wakes me up like, oh, I'm starting to get, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I, I just can't believe how soundly I sleep. I used to toss, turn, pull, ma- uh, like I used to not sleep with the same blanket as my wife. I just keep a separate sheet so I could wrap myself yeah, and not wrap tug and all it. that. And, yeah. and now Don't I, touch me, honey. I just sleep. <laughs> I just sleep clean. I wake up. I like pull the corner of the sheet. I was like, bed's made. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And look, a uh, little side story. I love the the cooling, the, the machine that cools the water on this uh, this one that I have, the Chili Sleep that I have. It's like a makes a small humming noise. And it reminds me of, you remember Joe C that was uh, the hype man for yeah. Kid Rock? Yep. Like he stayed in our hotel room with us a lot, me and X-Pac. Uh-huh. Uh, and bless his heart, he had to have a feeding tube. And at night he would turn it on. And I swear it reminds me of sleeping in the hotel room with Joe C. And I always slept so good because it sounds like a humidifier. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if you didn't know on the app, there's actually three different modes there. So you can run a quiet mode, the normal mode and the booster yeah. mode kind of I li- thing. I like for it to make a little sound. Uh, it, it, it puts me right to right to sleep. All right, let's bring it back to some wrestling. And the Boo. next week, Raw comes from San Diego, <laughs> and it's a taped episode. Was there any difference between going live and being taped for you, or it didn't matter? So it didn't matter for for us performing, um, but we did know if we bought something bad, we could do it again. If you give them a strong edit point, you know what I mean? And so, uh, Scott Hall, look, we were, we were good at that at that time. Scott was, was the best at it. That would literally just look at the camera and go take two and do it again, you know? And, uh, if you give a good edit point, you'd never, never tell that. So it was, 
we tried to nail it every time. So we weren't really resting on our laurels with, oh, well, we can correct it if we mess it up. No, you get it right the first time, we won't have to correct it, you know? And so we were always kind of running and gunning under that uh, line of thinking. Fast forward to the future and the COVID era of NXT tapings. What did you think of the no audience moments where we would stop down, reset, bring back the footage and try to make that happen? It was wild. It was very difficult. Uh, um, And and truth be told, now that you look back and you see where they're at now, we probably didn't have to do any of that. We were (laughs) probably okay uh, to, to make some mistakes, but... It was very difficult to, and because we would have to look back and get the talent in the same. I guess no, man. You do it. It breaks the flow of everything, yeah. and it's you can tell uh, when you're watching. Like there's just different energies. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like that part. I didn't like doing that. All right, in San Diego, Kane and Mankind defeat you and Billy with a double team behind the referee's back. Cheaters, it, cheaters, it, pumpkin eaters. Is it weird working as baby faces compared to heels in these matches? Yeah, look, I I thought about this a little bit earlier too. You know, these guys are huge stars, and they and they're and they're baby faces too. So we're trying to do the best we can. But but I do think at some point you just are thankful to see that many top stars in the ring at one time. And excuse me, I'll say that like today. You know, you wouldn't have those people rubbing up elbows today because you just don't have the we don't have the the like the bandwidth, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to articulate that, but we you know you wouldn't have Undertaker and Stone Cold. They would each have their own segment. You know what I mean? Like, no, they're not bumping up against each other. And on this show, literally the eight top guys are all yep. wrestling for the tag titles and fighting each other and stuff. And so I thought it was very cool. I thought it elevated, like I said earlier, the tag titles and elevated the New Age Outlaws. In the main event, it was considered a real good match. Undertaker and Austin beat Maya Villa and Hart when Undertaker tombstoned Hart in 11 minutes, 12 seconds. Mankind and Kane ran in. Kane grabbed a chair and Taker moved. So Kane clocked Mankind with the chair. Mm. Undertaker got the chair and also hit Mankind. And then the Outlaws showed up at the what? end as well. Why is everybody hitting Mankind? These are... Eight of the top stars in the business involved, but did you ever have a feeling like you weren't actually being a part of the focus? No, I, you know, I, I did not feel that way. For one thing, and, and look, I, I know we, we joke about it a little bit on here, but I was just doing the job and I was having a blast and I was making a ton of money and this was my dream coming true. And so I didn't really think about, oh, are they not focusing on me? Because I was in the main event of, of, of Raw's. I was going to SummerSlam in a tag title match. You know what I mean? I was being utilized in the best way possible because there's not a whole lot of room at the top of the mountain, but there's a lot of room on the sides of it. You know what I mean? And so that's where we were near the near the top, but, yeah. but we weren't there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I was not thinking about, oh, they're not focusing on me. Uh, and when I read that, I think maybe that's top guy mentality, but I want to pop that guy in the lips. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't think that way, man. Just, I don't know. I don't know. 
So. All right, this leads to a four-way on August 10th on Raw in Omaha. From Dirty Dave, the Dirt Digging Observer, they were doing... Nine dollars says he just buries the crap out of us the whole time. <laughs> they were doing ring intros for the Four Corners match when Ken Shamrock ran in and put the ankle lock on Owen Hart while DX kept Rocky Maivia from helping. D'Lo Brown ended up subbing for Hart in the Four Corners with Mankind and Kane. New Age out Laws and Austin and Undertaker with the tag belts at stake. There are more illogical matches as with the first team to score a pin wins rules. Strategically, it makes no sense. So now he starts bearing the logic that's going on. <laughs> it went 1430 and was pretty good, especially when Austin was in, but slowed toward the end because Undertaker looked pretty bad. Finish saw Kane pin Undertaker after one choke slam, so Mankind and Kane got the belts, and then Undertaker popped up as if he wasn't hurt, making it look like he laid down for his brother to screw Austin out of the tag title. This becomes an interesting finish, and Meltzer does point out how uh, illogical it could be with a four-way tag match with one fall match and tags. Did you find there's a hole in that psychology that, like, when when so many teams are involved that there's no incentive to bring other teams into the match? Yeah, well, look, you can, if you're going to get into the psychology of, uh, or the, you know, the logic of professional wrestling, uh, I think you're already walking down a road to nowhere. Um, because when you shoot me off, guess what? I'll just come running back to you. Uh, so, so there's, you said it earlier, we are the masters of our own destiny. We can do whatever we want to. We literally did. And I don't remember when it was, but we did the outlaw finish where Billy pinned me, um, and either we did it for a false finish or we yep. did it for the finish of the for match. Finish. Not- and then there was actually a stipulation in this match that stated that partners <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do that, pin right? each other. Right? Well, so, so look, that's, that's how we're playing with logic here. Um, but I also think if you're in that match and the tag titles are on the line, why would you tag anybody else in anyway? You know what I mean? That's what I kept thinking about Uncle Dave's uh, psychology is, why would I tag Kane in if if I'm going to win the you know and maybe maybe if we talked about it long enough I'd see his side of the of the argument um, and maybe he'd see mine but I don't know I just look I, I look at I look at the glass half full when it comes to pro wrestling it can be fun it can be creative it doesn't you make your own rules you do whatever you want um, yeah. and and so that's what we did and and I thought it was great that I got to rub elbows again uh with those guys in the main event of a raw you know what i mean on the road you're working d'lo in singles matches then at the nassau coliseum on august 21st it's dx hunter pock you and billy taking on the nation in a steel cage match was this where you started seeing how good the rock was so not here. I had I, not in this match per se. I had been seeing how good The Rock was uh, on a weekly basis. Um, and I was watching him grow and watching him become a, um, a student of the game and start sitting with Pat Patterson more. He took it very seriously. And so look, uh, look where he's at today. You know what I mean? But, but he did. I saw him. We watched him grow. Uh, and again, that where I was at, that made me even more jealous of him, uh, because now he's now he's looks good, can cut a great promo, can work, and he's taking this crap seriously. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dog, thoughts on steel cage matches from from competing in them and then also as a fan of watching them. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So so I'm wondering at this point which cage it was. If it was a the a blue steel, or yeah, if the, it was a blue one or if it was a, a different cage. Um look, I'm a I'm a fan of cage matches. I some of my favorite ones are like with the horrible cages like Buzz Sawyer and Tommy Rich in Atlanta. And uh, like just the cages are, you know what I mean? They're just like eight feet tall, mm -hmm. dog fences around the yard. Um, even some dusty and uh, some dusty stuff with uh, Tully, um, but, but just cruddy looking cages that they put together. You know what I mean? And I don't know, I love a good cage match, man. And if, and if you can, for a television standpoint, if you can get good camera shots, uh, which they always cut holes for cameras and stuff in the WWE cages, I think you can have a good TV cage match as well. And what do you think of the blue iron cage for the Hogan oh, Bundy? Oh man, it hurts so bad. Like it just, it just every time they ran you into it, it was like running into, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a jail cell a door. Beams you know, of it, steel. It, yeah, yeah, it was just very unforgiving. Uh, but I mean, if you know, I, I don't know. I just love working in the chain link because it gives a little bit. You can hit it hard. You can bounce off of it. It gives throws you backwards a little bit. So. Yeah. I'm a good I, chain link fence guy. I was fortunate to compete in a war game style match in my career and I loved it. It was so much fun. Really? Did you get so, color? I got color. <laughs> <laughs> on your forehead or I, where? I had color on the forehead. I ended up jumping off the top of the of a 22 foot cage onto a opponent in some security after tossing my op opponent off the cage. And you tossed your opponent off? I just, <laughs> UK style, baby. You ate pieces he of didn't crap even, for breakfast? He didn't even need a blue chew. <laughs> All right. It. Raw, 824-98 from Philadelphia. New Age Outlaws beat Southern Justice in 316 when Billy Gunn, Pyle drove Dennis Knight, and Road Dog scored the pin. Hawk was at ringside doing commentary, pretending to be stoned. He says to Lawler, remember that time in the Mid-South Coliseum when you told me not to sell your pile driver and how it got over? And then eventually Hawk just collapses and falls. That remember the uh, the the uh, Chris Farley like oh man that was so cool remember when you remember when you we were in Memphis South Coliseum and yeah, I wrestled you man that was cool Jarrett comes out in his socks complaining about X Pac and then starts shaving the head of one of the cameramen. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here, but that was the Attitude Era. Like Jeff Jarrett came out in his socks and then shaved TV. a man's head. Wild segments. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy. There's a guy passed out on commentary. Oh lord. First off, working with Southern Justice, Dennis yeah. Knight and Mark Canterbury. What are your famous uh, favorite memories with them? Uh, everything. Like I literally lived with those guys for a while in Atlanta. Um, lived with Tex uh, Midian yeah. or Naked Midian. Yeah, Naked Midian <laughs> uh, in in uh, Nashville when we worked for for Memphis. Um, so really, just see, seeing those two guys too uh, for the first time in a while at a at a convention not long ago. Some of my best friends in the world. Um, loved working with them. Worked with them like like you do with your good friends, really aggressive and really rugged, yep. and so everything always came out all right. Uh, but Let's so yeah, we had a great had a great time working with those guys, and I love them both. Um, one time we were traveling together, and I was asleep in the front seat, and they kept telling me to check the map, and I, it was in the, the glove box, and I kept thinking like, what Jeff was driving. 
Southern justice in the back seat. Uh, so I'm asleep and I'm passed out, not asleep. Uh, but they go, get, you know, and I'm thinking we're in, we're in Degum, uh, Tampa. Like Tex Midian, Naked Midian is from Tampa. Like, <laughs> why do we need a map? When I opened the glove box, all my braids were in there. They had, I passed oh, out and they cut all my God. braids off and put them in there. And I was so mad that I just started laughing and we like drank some more or something. Those wrestling um, ribs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was all in do good fun. Those guys were uh, great guys. Let's talk the Hawk storyline part of that. Looking yeah. back at addiction and everything now, thoughts on the storyline? Well, look, I, right, wrong, or indifferent, I think the idea behind it was a similar idea that they asked me to do uh, a few years prior to this. Um, they wanted to document, you know, around this time, or it may have been prior to this, but around uh, the 90s, you know, is when Brett Favre, kind of said, hey, I'm taking Vicodin, and he kind of went through a very public uh, thing. And so they had come to me and said, look, we're going to send you to rehab, you know, for the 30th time. Um, we'd like to document it. And so, and I was like, oh, you can't do that. I got kids. I didn't realize my kids were, you know, watching me screwed up every day. Mm -hmm. uh, but but so they, they were always been trying to do that. And I think it was for the right reasons. I think it was in order to have kind of a storyline that was a PSA also about about drinking and drugging. And there is there is uh, a way out of that hole. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like you can get help. There's help for you out there. And I think that's what they were trying to show. Yeah. I just don't know if we went about it the right way. I don't know if. Uh, you know, if they were if they were going to do it full force and let him I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Looking back, I don't think we handled. I don't think they handled it the correct way um, with Hawk. But I do believe there's a way to do that, um, and I think they handled it recently with Jeff Hardy the, the wrong way too. WWE did. Uh, they kind of messed with his drinking and stuff rather than talk about how to support him and how to how to help right. somebody like that. You know what I mean? So. I, so I was going to say, know, having had your experiences, does that make you hesitant to run personal, heavier, deep angles? Or do you feel wrestling is meant for that edgy, gritty, raw realness and that personal demons and addictions add to the emotion of the story and connection to the audience? Yeah. No, look, I, I agree with you 100%. I think people can relate. You know what I mean? I being one of them. I think people can relate. So, but my, 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 the, the tricky part is, my concern is, how do you outweigh the the positive? Uh, you know, I mean, you outweigh with the positive rather mm -hmm. than the negative. And so, how do you? You can have the heel go, ah, you're an alky or whatever, but you got to see the guy overcoming his demons and and being successful and doing all that. Right. And I guess Jeff, uh, to my earlier point, Jeff Hardy did that in his WWE story. Uh, and so, you know, kudos for that. I just think it's 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 tricky. You know what I mean? It's like we, we always talked about, hey, let's let's have Rusev burn an American flag. And everybody was like, oh, you couldn't do that. And I was one of them. I was one of the first people. You can't do that. Well, then I started writing for the television show and started thinking, Why hey, this is a television, a television show. show and you know what I mean? Like you on Law and Order, they burn an American flag. Now, believe right. you me, I will fight a man who tries to burn the American flag in front of me. And that's all there is to it. But. Here, it was like, man, it may be real heat to have, you know, John Cena tied up and him burn an American flag in front of John Cena. And then you go to the big flag match at paper at Mania or whatever. So there's a fine line because we're real 
and we're not real. Yeah. And where does that leave you? You know what I mean? Now, I always talk to the talent about that when talking about their characters. When they were doing media interviews, that would always be, are you in character or out of character? And it's like, you're always in character, but you have to find the balance of what the out of character version of in character is. And look, that's, (laughs) and that's, you hit the nail on the head. The problem with today, not with today's talent, with a lot of talent, couldn't couldn't do that. You know what I mean, and couldn't find that uh, comfortable spot where they could maintain their character in a in a real life situation or scenario, and and kind of still be the real person and the road dog or, or or the rock or whatever. And so I think some people can do that, and some people can't. You know what I mean? Was it fun being involved with Jeff again? Yeah, look, it's always being fun. It's always fun being involved with Jeff. I just love Jeff Jarrett. He's always been a. He's always had my back. Um, a couple of people have had my back in this industry, and he's one of them. And so it was always a great time when I get to work with Jeff. And look, Jeff, uh, now that people are getting to know him via his uh, his podcast. Uh, people are f- becoming fans of Jeff Jarrett, and and that's Jeff Jarrett the person. You know, everybody hated Jeff Jarrett, the Intercontinental Champion, and that cheater, the roadie. Uh, but but like that's what you know. You realize why I love Jeff so much when you get to know him. All right, we're getting closer to SummerSlam, and the conversation will continue. But first, let us talk to you about our friends at CarShield, because this episode is brought to you by CarShield, who makes it easy and affordable to protect our cars from expensive repairs, and that's just for starters. CarShield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Man, I wish I would have had CarShield a month ago because I just got done paying more than $2,500 in maintenance and repairs. But my loss is your gain because now we know and we could pass some savings on to you. So let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed with CarShield. If and when you need a repair... You choose the mechanic, and CarShield's administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't (laughs) have to deal with the paperwork or headaches. You're taken care of. Amen. Same goes for if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road, because plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast, Shane McMahon-style, (laughs) coast-to-coast, roadside assistance. CarShield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost get coverage today and you'll lock in your price now and it will never go up that means as long as you own your car no matter how old it is you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle car shield helps protect mine and dog's wallet from expensive car repairs and they'll do the same for you go to carshield.com podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing Forever. Forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast, and a deductible may apply. It may apply. You know it what? Uh, to be quite honest, a friend of my wife's uh, has Car Shield, was down for, uh, for it was a couple weeks back for, for July the 4th. Uh, driving back home to Memphis, she has Car Shield, 
and uh, she, she had a flat tire on the side of the road. Talk about road that coast to coast roadside assistance. They saved the day, man, and she ended up making it home. She was, about an hour is all she had to stop with a flat tire, and she got back on the road, and they took care of her, like the like the promo says. So, uh, Car Shield. If, if you listeners support uh, Car Shield, then maybe it could become Road Dog side assistance oh. like, you stop and like and change the tire for them i will not do that because i'll probably change the wrong one to be quite honest so like oh this was the one you want to change uh no i will gladly help you change a tire we're back on oh you didn't know and we're talking the build to SummerSlam 98 this is the go home raw for SummerSlam. And not a lot has been built for you and Billy taking on Kane and Mankind. Yep. In fact, Kane has taken on Mankind in a Hell in a Cell match on this show. Yep. Do you think this hurt your standing on one of the biggest shows of the year? Look, I don't think it did. I think uh, I think it was they were telling another story and mm-hmm. this was a subplot of that other story. And so, I, you know, I just don't look at it as a slight or a negative. I look at it as we got the tag titles back after this and it helped tell the other story. Right. And so I, you know, I think if, if we can, if we can do that and win the tag titles back, we walk out of SummerSlam, the new, uh, you know, the new, whatever, Tech second, third time champs. Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't think that's a negative at all. You know what I mean? And talking about subplots, it's something we bring up often as it comes to the modern era of wrestling creative and storytelling that I think as fans, we want to see more subplots. We want to see yeah. more sub-stories and intertwining well, I characters. agree. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I don't feel like now, oh, you can't rub these big guys up against each other. You got to keep them apart uh, so that they can each have their own standalone and nobody looks bad and nobody, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we... That they beat the Undertaker in that match. Whether he popped up and it was a no sold, whether it was a weird finish, whatever, he's the Undertaker. Yep. You beat him, you just can't kill him. So he got beat. The titles went back to them. He sat back up, and here we go to tell our stories again. Now the titles are on those uh, Mick and 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 uh, Glenn, and and here they're in their fight. Were they going to have this Hell in a Cell or whatever they were going to have Boiler Room Brawl or whatever? Uh, <laughs> And, and so then it leads to our handicap match, which we'll get into shortly. Yeah. Did you know at this point the plan was going to be for it to become a handicap match? So, yeah, 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 we did know that. And look, to be quite honest, we were happy because Mick does some great stuff. And we knew that he could do some stuff that would make you sell, excuse me, so that it would be believable that he's fighting back and, and holding his own against two guys, you know. All right, we're here now. SummerSlam, August 30th, 1998, Madison Square Garden. What's it like working a pay-per-view at the biggest, most famous stadium of all time? And I'm going to say, I know you've mentioned MSG didn't have the meaning for you that it does for others, but is there anything to it being SummerSlam in the garden? Oh, yeah. Look, working in the garden, I, I... I don't mean to sell it short because it is no. Just straight up say it. You don't like New York and New Yorkers. Yeah, just say it. yeah. <laughs> okay, no, no. I but but in speaking of New York, getting to the Garden and working and getting out of there and all of that is a huge pain in the rear end, and and so that becomes part of it. And no, it's not New Yorkers or New York even, but that area where that is is 
holy macro, man, there's so many people and it's so hard to get in and out yeah. that when you get in there, like, okay, thank God I'm in here. I could wrestle now, but then you got to get out again. And man, people would line that, that exit way and just beat on your car. And I don't know, it was just not a great experience to go there. It was a great experience to wrestle there. Uh, if that may, if I can, yep. if, if that makes sense, or if Absolutely I can leave it does. at that, it was just really inconvenient getting in and out of that place. On Sunday Night Heat, a show-long storyline begins with Jeff Jarrett and Southern Justice shaving Howard Finkel's hair and mustache to build to the pay-per-view. Why did it feel like at that time the Fink was becoming the butt of a lot of jokes? Because he was, um, and and look. I think it was all in, in fun because Vince took very good care of him and, and did to, to, to the end. Uh, Fink was a great guy and we'll get into some stories here and what, what I loved about Fink. But yeah, there what look, they, they took some liberties with Fink. They would, they would, uh, he would buy a new car and they would smash in the window or something, but you know, they would always, uh, pay for a new windshield, pay for the, he bought him a new car one time. You know what I mean? Like Vince took care of Fink because Fink, Look, Fink came up with WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like that was Fink's. Uh, so it, it, he was he was very good at his job, and everybody knew it. Uh, but he was he also took things very seriously. So everybody kind of poked at him a little bit, and that's you know I think it was I think it was out of love because of how the way he was taken care of. So when it comes to the ribbing, the jokes, the teasing, is it a situation that? It happens to you more if you react. To oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. If you sell, <laughs> if you sell, it's on. And Fink didn't sell. Fink was a he was a pro. You know what I mean? Like he would do whatever's asked of him, and then oh okay, have your fun. Uh, but he would do it, and he and I don't know. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was all in fun, man. It sounds horrible when I say it, and I even feel bad. But but like he he ribbed me too. You know what I mean? Like it was all in fun. There was. There was back and forth uh, ribbing going on, so. He put a little salt in your soda or something yeah. like that? <laughs> yeah, he peed in my, anyway. <laughs> All right, on the show after, X-Pac defeats Jarrett in a hair versus hair match. You and Billy run out to chase Southern Justice away, and you're in the ring when the electric shears stopped. When something like that happens, what's your reaction? Like, well, I, you, especially if it was—I don't know that it was live. It, it sounds like this was a, uh, or no, you said this was a raw. The, no, this, this is this is uh, this is actually I think on the pay per view. We're, we're in Sunday Night Heat, is what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, when they came after, down and yeah. to shave his head or whatever. Yeah. So, so what was the question again, Ryan? I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So. <laughs> So you're there to shave his head, and then oh, the and power the thing goes stops. out. They stop. Yeah, look. So I can tell. I you I know this I'm much. a panicky guy. Yeah, and I would. I would flop, sweat. You would see my facial expression immediately change. Yeah. Well, I would. I would look. The first thing I would do is immediately, and I don't know what we did, but I was. I would immediately look at somebody and say, "Get us some scissors." You know what I mean? And we're gonna we're gonna cut this guy's hair. And if it was live, then we might not have had that opportunity. Right. We might have had to have him fight away. Uh, you know, go for the go for the the uh, Clippers. Look, I know when we recently did this at NXT with uh, um, who was the two talents we did the hair uh, thing Duke with? Hudson. D Duke Hudson and uh, Cameron Grimes. Grimes. Yep. We made sure that those things were charged and plugged in, and, and uh, back up we had pairs. we had an extra pair sitting there. We had so I mean, it's 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 things that 
things that go wrong and you go like, oh, it's live TV. What are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, looking back, I would probably the first thing I would say is get me some scissors. And if it took too long, I'd just have him fight and get away, you know. I was backstage at TNA when Father James Mitchell shaved Raven's uh, head in Ugh. the Clippers, but he wasn't using the Clippers right. And he was like gouging Raven's yes, scalp, yes. chopping him up, cutting him up, and Raven yeah. walks into the back. No, like I think Father James went to put out the handshake, like with the thank you, and Raven just <laughs> punches him in the face. It was wild. Yeah. He was he was angry. I guess. <laughs> I guess he punched him and Father Mitchell's eyebrows went that way. So, All right. Did you think Jeff needed to cut the hair and get a makeover to give him the next phase of his career? Yeah, I think, look, I think he did. Um, whether he wanted to or not, uh, I, I thought it was actually great, too, because then he got the high and tight, uh, you know, the the uh, flat top. Yep. Um, and him and Owen became a team and the rest is history. So I, I think he did need a makeover. He had come back and he was still you know, Double J and, and all that, I think he did need a makeover at the time. We still have more to talk about, but we've also got another new sponsor to talk about. And dog, this one's real cool and something I think all of our listeners will enjoy. So since they always hear from me, I think we're going to let you take the MIC and tell them all about Rectech and their grills. Time to tell you about Rectech. An amazing company that offers wood pellet grills fueled by all natural hardwood pellets, along with other outdoor lifestyle products such as coolers, apparel, grill accessories, and more. Look, with grills ranging from $399 to $3,000, Rectech has grills for every lifestyle and every budget, with a key focus on flavor, convenience, and versatility. Their factory direct pricing eliminates the middleman, and all grills ship free. Plus, all Rectech pellet grills are made with high-quality stainless steel and are built to last a lifetime. The RT700 comes with a 40-pound pellet hopper, 702 square inches of cooking space, the PID Wi-Fi controller, and a six-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. You can bake, smoke, sear, grill, and even dehydrate on the grill, all with the push of a button. And that's why those in the know choose Rectech. So it's time to toss that tasteless gas grill messy charcoal grill, or even that overhyped brand name grill aside and join an elite wood pellet grilling family. By focusing on flavor, convenience, and versatility, Rectech sets the new standard in grilling. Visit Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Use the code BJAMES to get 5% off site-wide. That's 5% off their top-notch wood pellet grills, one-of-a-kind Rectech icer coolers, chef-tested rubs and sauces, accessories, merchandise, Everything at 5% off. That's rectech.com and use the code BG James. Excuse me, it's not BG James. And use the code B James. Dog, I was telling my dad about Rectech and he yeah. said to me, he was like, Rye, those wood pellet grills are very good. You should, you, that's going to be a good one. They're very good, Ryan. They're very good. The guy that delivered it literally said it was the third one of the day and it, they come on a freight truck. They came to my house on a freight truck and some of the handles on the front, we just started putting it together. Um, I actually did today. I actually yeah. didn't get it completed, but it has like handles or like horns like the Rectech bull is like has the horns in there the handles super cool um super uh durable like high it's it's high quality steel and yeah man i can't wait to fire it up and and, and check it out because wood pellet grills is where it's at and Rectech is is who the who the people who know 
choose. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I always talk about eating plant-based, but don't think that I don't like to put stuff on the grill and get some oh, smoky yeah. flavor, uh, dehydrate some tofu. Dehydrate stuff with <laughs> Rectech, yeah. I got the uh, RT590. Uh, I know they got a flagship uh, yeah. of the 700, but I got the 590. It's it's a Cadillac, man, and I'm really awesome. loving it. That's Rectech.com, and use the code BJAMES. We're back on Oh You Didn't Know, and today's topic has been the Build 2 and now SummerSlam 1998. I'm excited. Talk to us about putting together a handicap match with Mick Foley. What's it like? Well, I, I touched on that briefly earlier. It's yep. it's He's a believable guy that... Look, me and Billy were young and hungry, and we were working as such. Uh, and I bring, I say that a lot, but if you go back and watch the stuff, like we brought it, Mick brought it too. And so we knew he could, he's the one guy that could get away with, oh, look, Terry could have done it too. Uh, but, but Mick's the guy that could get away with beating up two guys in a believable fashion, especially when, uh, you know, the, uh, the matches are hardcore or loose, loose rules. Um, and this one definitely was. We beat the fire out of each other. Loose rules, kind of like a loose meat sandwich. Let's roll the footage. And who doesn't love a good... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's bring some volume down a little bit, if we could. Mankind always pulling his own hair out yeah. like a crazy man. Very short entranceway. At the garden. <laughs> oh, ow. Cookie sheet to the ow. head by Foley on to both you and Billy dropping you you go out to the outside to go find some weapons it looks <laughs> yeah. like yeah we had another spot so i had to go get this <laughs> so you brought up oh, the God. short entrance uh, it's something that actually i don't like as a spectator with the garden is is especially back in this era it was the emergence of sets and set design. And when you had the garden, you never had any type yeah, of elaborate set. you couldn't have any set. sets like that. Uh, I don't know what we're Foley doing holding now. the chair. Dog <laughs> reaching over from the back to distract Foley as and Billy comes in. And now we got a double team. Classic double team. Yeah, we were just stomping a mud hole in him and walking it dry. Moon walking it dry. Uh, but I'm about to just go get some weapons from the dumpster, and then I'm just going to hit people really hard with them. So you, so that's the sheet that you brought up a couple of weeks ago, your favorite weapon to use, the full cookie sheet style. Is that the style you like? Yes, uh, this one right here. And look, it's an industrial-style sheet that you would <laughs> that you would imagine. Oh, oh. oh. And the hands, oh. hands all the way to the side. Oh. oh. I feel like he caught an edge on that yeah, one. Yeah, he did. I was trying to not kill him, and I think I hurt him worse. Um, you like swinging chairs at people? Or does I do. It put I a lo lot look, of I love getting them swung at me, too. That's a weird thing to say, but uh, uh, I'm trying to read what our shirts say. This was still while we were still doing some uh, South Park stuff. And on the back, we have something. But I, see, I would hit Mick really hard. <laughs> I mean, he would hit me hard, too, when it was time. But Oh, 
That was like a bowl, like a silver serving bowl. Oh. Oh my! Billy took a nasty oh. bump over the top rope like, right there. These, Didn't land clean. Big punches by Foley landing three clean with the right. Oh, knees, hip, <laughs> and a cookie sheet. And that's one of those moments. The way you're holding your mouth, where it's like that's not a sell. <laughs> no, that really you hurt me. You hurt me, mankind. <laughs> it's it's that moment where you lick the lip and you're like, I got a fat oh, lip right I got, now. Yeah, I think I, I think I taste blood. Uh, I'm a fan of the iron taste. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's like a like putting a penny in your mouth. Um. Dog climbs back up on his feet, looks for a rising Foley, and knocks him down with the back elbow, follows him to the outside. Oh, and oh. Foley, Foley brings the fight back. But back to Billy Gunn. I think Billy's going to be able to interfere. Stops a suplex yeah. attempt. And Look now at- <laughs> both of you guys just start beating the heck out of him. Oh, the back of my shirt oh! says... Oh, yeah. The back Russian of my leg sweep into yes. the dumpster. Double into the dumpster, and his head hit so hard. The back of my shirt says, place belt here. There you go. And points to my... Oh, my, we got a shirt like that available for sale at boxagimmicks.com, sure, I feel like. Sure do. That's where it came from. Place belt here. Look, Mom. No. Oh, got And a here table. come the audience's favorite things. Here comes the table. The tables. Setting these tables up and getting them out. So, so uh, you're a large man, six five or it was yeah. six five, six six. What are you? Six, yeah, six five. Okay, I'm five five, man. I, moving those tables around sucks. They're, they're very difficult. And look, that you know what the story is. Like I, I actually thought like I'm, I got <laughs> that table deal. in there really, really quickly. Um, and did. so I don't, I don't know if that was a full Dudley table or if it was just a little six footer. Um, I liked Billy's bump on that Beal. He got some air. And yeah. Just he got took some, it. look, Billy's an athlete, man. He's got some hops. Uh, oh, tag team tandem maneuver oh. side suplex into the neck breaker. Yeah. So t- just cover him dog. Uno. Dro, those big kick, not Dros. Yeah, Dros. a little Dros. Just junk dupe, dupe the dumpster, Drosy. Um, oh, now we're just getting chairs. Oh no! Now we're just getting chairs and being silly. Oh, you're gonna sit them this, down. Hey, these were some of my favorite gear too. You got, you got the. I would say the. What yeah, is that? Like, like a, a New Mexico influence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh god! A little turquoise, a little Native American. Yeah, in there? yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, Terry, the seamstress, used to used to really hook me up with those outfits. Power bomb through the chairs, nonchalant cover. What do you mean nonchalant cover? Nonchalant. I mean, you had your leg <laughs> crossed. You were in like a relaxed, lazy boy position. I was laying on him with one leg crossed. I um, thought you were going to light up a cigarette and take a couple of was, puffs right I there. I was going to, but uh, you seemed to be satisfied. <laughs> and oh, now the title go. comes in. Here we go. Oh, Spike Piledriver being set On up. On the title. Oh, crunched his neck. You see it compress and bend. Yeah. Folds and himself up, and there you have it. Here we go. Let's cut the audio back up. I got to imagine that just gave you goosebumps. 
<laughs> oh, Billy's just dragging him by his hair. Dragging fully to the outside, Look hoisting him onto squatting. Billy's shoulders, and throws him into the trash. Basura! I don't know what that means, but get in the trash can. Trivia notes, this was Billy's sixth reign as WWF Tag yeah. Team Champion, which was an all-time record for the promotion. Previous record was five, held by both Mike Rotunda and Tony Gurria. I was the king of getting up on the top rope after the match, like in getting my, <laughs> my crap in. Um, oh, oh God, where'd Kane come from? <laughs> He's been in there the whole time. Oh Kane God. He has a sledge. He has a sledgehammer. What's he going to do? Oh, he's just like a mortar and pestle. Oh, he just killed a man. Kane just killed a man with a trident. He Gallaghered him. Yeah, he did. He did. It looks like a a watermelon exploded in the bottom of that. Uh, Look, we just ran. You just, you don't want any part of that. No, no, not part of Kane. Um, But you know, you notice like that was set up nicely. We talked about how to execute. uh, Like he, he had some stuff in there that looked good, that it it was violent and aggressive and and looked like he was taking on two guys. Um, But then talking about construction, we started out with fight, fight, fight. So we ended with the promo, you know what I mean? And it Mm -hmm. gave him an opportunity to say all that. I thought it was well done. Dog, the critical analysis was that this match didn't work on many levels. As mentioned before, a match with Foley at this stage has such high expectations that it sometimes could be difficult to live up to. Yeah. Uh, the thought was from our friends at the Sheets, the psychology was all screwed up because all the antics earlier in the show, from, yeah. from his car being destroyed to him wanting to just leave rather than wrestle, but being talked into it by a manipulative Mr. McMahon and talking about him hitchhiking to MSG back all those years ago for the Morocco snooker match. It made him a sympathetic character, particularly going one against two. However... The outlaws are baby faces, so the crowd wasn't reacting as much as they should have, so yep. to speak. I uh, get man- that. Mankind gets his head smashed into the dumpster hard a few times, took hard shots to the head with the pans, blah, blah, blah. Uh, da, 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 da. Hey, okay. we took some hard shots, too. Uh, but, yeah, look, it was it is what it is, right? We were doing some storytelling. They were going off on, on to bigger, better things. It was a stopgap to put the titles back on us right. and to put some more fire on Kane and, and Mankind. Um, so, I, you know, I thought it worked. You can, yeah, you can, Absolutely. Look, you can criticize it all you want to, but I just want you to know it's a lot easier to sit out there and criticize than it is to sit in here and create. But you felt good about the match after? Yeah, heck yeah. Look, it was aggressive. Like, I thought that was a, that we scrapped. You know what I mean? We, I was hitting him and he was hitting me and Billy was doing the same. Billy always did. Uh, but I, I yeah, I, look, I liked it. We gave them what they wanted at the end, the new champs. Uh, like, I don't know. I, look, you can critique it if you want to. And I understand that. There are legitimate critiques out there. But it is what it is, right? It's, it's, it's wrestling. We are the masters of our own destiny. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Before we get into your final opinions on the match and get into some fan questions, let's hear from our latest sponsor, IWTV.com. That's a little loud. I may have to bring that down a little bit. I don't know. I like it, though. I mean, that was pretty intense, though. So let me just do a little 
fix right here just so it doesn't overpower the read right there. There we go. IWTV.live. I said .com. .live. Let's do this. IWTV.live is independent wrestling's premier streaming service for live events and video on demand of past events. For just $10 a month, IWTV.live offers 20-plus events streamed live each month from top independent wrestling promotions such as ICW No Holds Barred, West Coast Pro, and Limitless Wrestling. Additionally, as an IWTV.live subscriber, you have immediate access to their extensive library of over 13,000 hours of video-on-demand content from over 300 independent wrestling promotions from around the world, including Beyond Wrestling, Prestige Wrestling, Absolute Intense Wrestling, and H2O. Their extensive library features wrestling superstars such as Orange Cassidy, Jonathan Gresham, Masha Slamovich, Wheeler Yuta, and Eddie Kingston. You can watch IWTV.live anytime, anywhere. IWTV.live is available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV Stick, including mobile apps for Apple and Android devices. No long-term contracts required. Go to IWTV.live and subscribe today for just $10 a month. You know what I love about that is no contract. You know what I mean? You just pay 10 bucks a month. And that's what they, they wanted to do with the uh, WWE Network was yep. make it a one-stop shop for all things wrestling. And that's what it feels like uh, these guys have, have kind of got their finger on that pulse. And so I'm excited about them being a sponsor and I'm excited about being able to use utilize their, uh, their app there. You could look at archive footage of top superstars of today before they were stars. And then you could also look at the guys of today before they are stars of tomorrow. Tomorrow, IWTV.live. Thanks for coming on board. Yes, thank oh, you, guys you didn't very much. know. And if you have that footage of me wrestling nude, uh, let's not send for, it to them. For the viewers' sake, let's not air that. You can tweet me and we'll pass that privately. You can play with my tweeter. Slip into dog's DMs and get... What? No, don't. What? Don't do that. That's how we get into trouble <laughs> and then we're done. All right, dog. Let's get back to this. What did you think of the match? You said you liked it. You felt good. You worked stiff and you put on a show. Yeah, yeah. And look, that's what we did. We slid the dumpster out there. We cut a little promo on the way. Not long because of that entranceway. We started fighting right away. We got into it. We got out of it pretty quick. Mission accomplished. We tag titles back on us, Mick and, and uh, excuse me, Mankind and Kane storyline continued at the end of it. He Gallaghered him with the sledgehammer uh, and he wasn't even wearing a poncho. Um, and so, look, I, I got no complaints about it. If you want to sit back and criticize it, go ahead. That's if that makes you feel good. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I got no critiques for it. I, I liked it. This is Mick's first gimmick match on pay-per-view after Hell in a Cell, and it's so difficult to follow, I'm sure. Did you guys have any sort of discussion of, I'm sure he's a guy who likes to outdo himself all the yeah. time. Well, well, look, there was no outdoing himself after the Hell in a the Cell. There was no way to top that. So we started from there. 
we're not topping that. Let's right. not try. You know what I mean? And let's not fool ourselves into thinking we can. Let's just go out there and have a hard hitting, hard fighting match and get the titles off of you. Uh, look, it wasn't perfect. So, to so begin he never with, came right? at you with a moment of, hey, I'm going to climb to the top and you're going to push me off and I'm going to take the dumpster <laughs> from there. No, no, no. We never talked about that because look, he'd also just come off of the Hell in the Cell match. Right. So he's. Uh, while he's cleared to continue and, and, and work, he's, he's not in the best shape of his life. He, he fell from three stories high. Uh, but, but so look, we wanted to take it easy. Mission accomplished. Tag titles back on the New Age Outlaws. Mankind and Kane. Story rolls on. Later on that night, Triple H defeated Rocky in just under 30 minutes in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. What did you think of that? Or do you remember that match? So I don't remember it uh, per se. And the only reason I don't is because we were probably putting ours together or getting mm -hmm. ready. Um, I watched it since then, though. I've seen it uh, a couple of times. They had a great ladder match. But look, you're also trying to follow ladder matches that were before you, which is the Sean and the uh, Razor and, uh, you know, some of those that were really good. So you got a hard act to follow, you know, yeah. and so you got to try to be different and just how I'm not going to attack it like Sean would because Sean can, is better than me. So he can do things that I cannot do. So how am I going to attack it? What would the road dog do? What would Hunter or Selmsley do? What would the rock do? You know what I mean? So trying to set up those matches and follow those big iconic matches yep. is always difficult with H and you're getting, never going to do it. So with H getting pretty banged up, how bad was Hunter hurting after this match? Was this just the tip of the iceberg with his knee injury, do you remember? Or was it something that happened in the match? The, like, the knee had been a, an ongoing thing. And, you know, you can kind of live with it and, and, and get some Toradol shots here and there, maybe, maybe injections in the knee, um, some fluid put back in there. But it's... Once, once it goes bad, like, okay, eventually I'm going to have to get this fixed. And that was kind of where he was at. Uh, but yeah, he got banged up on that a lot because he was that look, that's Hunter. That's, that's his work ethic. He, okay. Well, it's a hard act to follow Sean and Razor. Okay. Well, I'm going to try, you know what I mean? And that was his mentality. And so, yeah, he got, he took some crazy bumps. He got banged up. Those ladders aren't very forgiving either. Just like we talked about those blue, uh, steel cages, yeah. those ladders, man, they are no joke. There's a great Twitter thread that came out after the paper after Money in the Bank a couple of weeks ago of a woman who's not a wrestling fan. I'm assuming she just saw the advertisement on Peacock, so she has this thread of, I'm just going to watch it, and she comments on the whole match. <laughs> and she's like, they're just using Home Depot ladders. And, and, it, and it's, it's yeah. this amazing commentary from someone that isn't a fan that appreciated yeah, yeah, the what carnage they were, of what, what they were going saw. through. But... but put it in this perspective of, of clean, clear lenses that just made you look at the entertainment aspect and then sit and go, this is why we do it. It entertains yeah. people. And if people that don't know that they're fans give themselves an opportunity to go along for the ride, they may in fact become a fan right after. I agree. And, it, and even if they don't become a fan, they have a greater respect for the talent and what they're willing to put their bodies through, you know? When you look at everything and you go back on that match in the era of all of this, what does it all mean to you looking back? Well, not a damn thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's look, that's it's it's my short lived legacy uh, uh, in this industry. And I think I went on to do some different things uh, to 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 ensure that I at least have one. Um, but but this was this was the cementing of 
me chasing my dream. And this is me getting my hands on my dream uh, and seeing it come to pass. You know what I mean? Like it was, that's what I remember out of it because we watch it back and we go, wow, this was a great time in professional wrestling. And I was on top of the heap, uh, if not tip top, right near the right near the snow caps. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was a, a great opportunity that I was given. Uh, I'd like to think I took advantage of it. And I'd like to think I uh, hit a at least a triple. Um, now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, I wish I wasn't addicted to drugs at the time. I wish I would have seen what the road dog character could have done mm -hmm. if I would have been level headed and how far I could have gone. Because uh, I was selling merch pretty good as an individual guy when, when all this past what could i have done had i been sober you know what i mean but look this was a time in my life that i will cherish forever this is great we got some really poignant thoughts broke down the match and the build-up and now we're going to get to the fan questions but before we do i just want to remind everyone that as we end this show don't forget to save with conrad and don't forget to protect your family your loved ones with goliath, goliath. life if someone relies on you financially your spouse, your child, anyone. Life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But let's get to some fan questions, dog, because Austin Williams has a question for you. Hey, Dubs. It goes like this. When you looked at this match on the card, do you feel like or did you feel like this was going to knock it out of the park when you first seen it? So thus the you the handicap match. The handicap match. No, no. I mean I didn't think we were gonna hit it out of the park, but I think we were gonna I thought we were gonna get a good piece of business done. And and I again, I think we did. Um but no, it's it's we do the best we can with a with a handicap match, you know what I mean? And and yes, we're going to beat the guy because there's two of us and we're using weapons and all that. But how can we make it competitive? That was the biggest thing to me is let's make this competitive and not just uh, we just kill the guy, you know. Um, so that was the challenge for me. I did not think it would be a five star match. I never one time ever in my career. And if you ever if I did, please run me over with a car. Have I ever thought, oh, we're going to go out and have a five-star match? Um, no, I just had to try. I just tried to have the best match I could have and entertain the people and make a connection with them all while doing that, you know? Drangone Sleeper Johnny, a.k.a. Johnny V. The Heel, says, chat me up about Insane Clown Posse being there. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, they were so so in claim in claim. Insane clown posse were there. And uh and there was an interesting time where uh 
us and the headbanger, like the headbangers and insane clown posse were gonna get in a fight in the alleyway. And then me and Billy were supposed to run out and beat them all up. And by the time me and Billy got out there, Mosh and Thrasher were shooting on the, <laughs> the insane clown posse and beating them up. And so we got out there and we just stood there and watched them be, beat them up. Uh, so but that look, seems to be a regular for ICP because yeah, when they, ICP- they get beat up a lot. Yeah, when they were in XPW, there's a moment, Pogo the Clown, who's a 450-pound clown who was known for a crazy uh, lariat-style clothesline. Yeah. He hits Shaggy too dope with the clothesline. They sell to the outside, go back, grab their bags, and left. Didn't even get paid for the show. <laughs> they just took off at XPW. Yeah, they got to look at Look, so I've worked with them. Uh, since then, and and I actually had a good relationship with mm -hmm. those guys. Man, look, me and Billy never had a problem with them. You know what I mean? It was it was. They were always enthusiastic, <laughs> had yeah, a lot yeah. of fun, and, wanted and to we be worked, there. We, we worked with them. Uh, you know, I worked with them at the gathering one year. Yep. Okay, so here's my gathering story. <laughs> one first gathering I went to, active addiction. Don't remember much of it. Got some scars to prove it. Heard I, heard I had a great time. Second time I went, me and Billy went together. We were both sober. The most terrifying event I've ever been involved with in my life. Like it was, we didn't wrestle till four in the morning. Uh, we wrestled like X-Pac and, and, and Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall was on the outside. And like, it was just like, oh man, let's get out of here. It was terrifying. Tell me the story of when you butt chugged the two liter of Fago. <laughs> <laughs> Which story? <laughs> Which story? And I'll tell you what, Thunder Mountain is better than uh, the than Fago. Uh, all, all right. Dylan Leahy wants to know, what was Dog's opinion on the pairing of Mankind and Kane? What did you think of, uh, of that tag team? Look, I thought it was awesome. I think, look, I liked both the gentlemen, the human beings. I liked both their characters. I loved their work. I loved working with them. Glenn is a, is a night off and Mankind was brought it a little bit and so we were bringing it a little bit too it, it made glenn kind of get you know uh hop on his horse a little bit too but i love the team what a team kane and mankind you know what i mean that's pretty and and we didn't beat that team but we beat one of them and won the titles back you know they were an awesome supernatural tag team Michael Cohen has a great question here. I like this one. Backstage, what was the atmosphere like for the boys in the hair versus hair match with Jarrett and X-Pac? Since you're good friends with both Jeff and Sean, who did you want to see win and who did you want to see lose their hair? <laughs> well, I, I would love to have seen X-Pac lose his hair just because so I could see him bald uh, because I don't know what he would like. <laughs> I don't know what he would like. I don't know. He looks kind of, he looks great now and he's kind of, kind of has that slick back look and bald on the sides and i think he looks great so yeah he's he's got a decent looking head um i think it was more appropriate the guy that won the match and cut got it you know and, and shaved jeff's head and like we talked about earlier jeff needed that makeover uh he needed to find another uh to reinvent himself and and he did after this hair versus hair match Canada's Greatest Athlete asks, I've always felt this was the event WWF started really hitting its stride with a young undercard and big stars really hitting their stride. What was the feeling around the locker room like at this point? Well, it was awesome uh, because everybody was 
running and gunning and trying to do the best they could. And everybody was hungry and everybody had a spot, uh, whether it be a small one or a big one, everybody was doing something, it seemed like. And and we were just helping each other. And it was, it was about, hey, how can I, and look, when you get to that upper tier, you start to see people being a little selfish and right, rightfully so, you gotta protect yourself if you're that, that top tier talent. Uh, but for the most part, it was guys working with guys and trying to get over and trying to get them over and making sure you get your stuff in and I get my stuff in. And you know what I mean? Like we were we were a team. And I believe that's why we beat WCW because we were a team. Mm -hmm. And WCW was splintered at the time. All right. I want to shout out Robert Hughes for giving us a five-star review Robert over Hughes. on Apple. Christopher Downs and Johan Pena for their endless support. And Jeff the Future Jeros for his comments and for sharing of the podcast. You guys are just some of the many people entered in our drawing for an autographed Road Dog 8x10. What? And we'll be announcing the winner in next week's episode. So Aww. enter yourself by sharing a picture of you leaving leaving a five-star review or by spreading the word to your social media followers. And dog, I've got one more. This is, well, this is the first time I've ever given a crap about five stars. Thank you. I, I like it. I've got one more fan letter for you. But next week, we're going to be discussing Raw 1000 and Ooh. the DX reunion. Oh, I got a good story for that. I'm not going to tell you yet. But I All right. Good one. We'll also discuss the legacy of DX with the Raw brand. Damien Sandow. Ooh. And what Mizdow. it felt like to be in the ring with all of the guys again. Yeah, it's going to be fun next week. You know what we should fun. do is get some fan questions for next week. That's a great idea. <laughs> maybe maybe we can answer them all right. on the air or something. I think that's even a better idea. We could do that. All right, we could finally. Do that. So uh, 1998 is post-Summer Slam, New Age Outlaws, WWF Tag Team Champions of the World. And we're, I don't know who our next challengers are. You just you, say, you just saying that though, listening to the, to, to, to the crowd after I brought that up, the goosebumps. I'm not you, I'm watching it. And you hear that crowd light up after that match. And it makes yeah. me feel something as a fan. You're sitting here watching it. It's you, that, that's gotta just bring back it, a it, rush of emotion. Yes, it feels funny down there. <laughs> All right. No, it is. Look, it is. It is. And I, and I do love when I uh, like doing that and hearing the people do it with me. It makes me feel really good. All right. Finally, this isn't a question, but I received a message from someone named MJ Fredrickson, and he asked me to share this with you. Wait, MJF? MJ Fredrickson. Okay. It does sound that way. He says, hi, forgive the intrusion, but I was hoping you could read this to Road Dog as it's a story of how he saved my life. Two years ago, I had a failed suicide attempt and was contemplating another try. I had on the WWE Network and Legends with JBL was on with Brian. The way he spoke about his problems helped me so much. As a creative person, he explained things in a way I related to. Two months later, I released my first book, The Tommy and His Mate, a poetry book primarily about mental health and armed forces. And today, he signed a contract writing for a wrestling magazine. Without hearing Road Dog, I know I would have had another attempt at my life, 
So I want to say thank you. I don't know what to say to that, man. I thought this was going to be uh, like a fun <laughs> you thing. Expected I was going to sing and, and yeah, I, look, I, I thank God in heaven above for you, uh, for uh, you coming on, you know, telling telling your story and uh, and and the fact that I could help you. Like I, I have, that's not me, man. This is my beliefs and and. Uh, you know, if you don't believe this way, I'm not trying to sell it to you. I'm just telling you what I believe. I believe God uses people in people's lives. And I believe he used me in yours. And I know people were used in mine. And I, again, I thank God for using me in your life. Uh, and I'm so thankful that you're still alive today. And I, I, I don't know what else to say, but thank you. And, uh, and God bless you, man. Thank you, Road Dog. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Oh, you didn't know? If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com.